We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the award-winning Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast presented by WinBet. It's Friday, September 9th, 2022. Alex Berutha here with Shannon McEwen and Ken K Train Kreitz. All aboard! Who needs fantasy football? What's the NFL? Uh, it's time for fantasy basketball prep. Let's uh to, for today's pod, we are going to just talk about the top seven key offseason moves i'm sure we'll we'll touch on some more as well then we are going to preview the pacific division um let's just jump right into it big move number one donovan mitchell traded to the cavaliers for colin sexton Lori marketing three first round picks and two swaps shannon do you think this helps or hurts mitchell's value uh we have him ranked 17th right now in early season rankings last year he was about 18th in per game value, eight cat. Yeah, I, I would say it hurts his value at least a little bit. I, I, I don't think we're going to see his value tank with Cleveland, but he's joining a more talented team. You've got Mobley, you've got Garland, you know, even guys like Kevin Love coming off the bench still. Uh, once Rubio comes back, they have a nice deep roster. And I just feel like we're going to see Mitchell's usage rate go down some joining the Cavs. Now, that could be offset. What could offset his value from a fantasy perspective as he becomes more efficient, maybe adds some more steals. I mean, he's, he's had some solid seasons. He was at one and a half steals last year. That was where he was at the first couple of years of his career as well. So he could offset that. But I, I really think the lower usage most likely would be need to be offset by an increase in, in efficiency. Let's look at the uh, open opportunities too on this Jazz roster after the deal. They go into full re full rebuild. Colin Sexton might get a hundred shots a game on this roster, especially when they move uh, Bogdanovich and Conley uh, and Markinen. Man, they have no bigs in Utah. The center position's wide open. Uh, power forward is awfully vacant, too, unless you consider you know, the carcass of Rudy Gay and uh, Vanderbilt as options. But marketing should get as many minutes as uh, his health will allow. Uh, so those two, to me, big arrows pointing up. You have to assume Bogdanovich is going to be gone as well as Conley. Yeah, I, I like Sexton and Markin in both this year. I think you can draft Colin Sexton around 75. I think 
getting Laurie Marketing inside the top 100 is fine. Um, you know, Vanderbilt's really interesting to me this year, especially since, like you mentioned, their center position with Walker Kessler and Udoka Azubuki. That's their that's their center rotation right now. So I think I Vanderbilt. I'll leave those names to you there, Alex. <laughs> I think uh, I think Vanderbilt. I think Vanderbilt's going to see some time at center. I like him, but uh, I don't even know if he's going to get drafted in standard leagues. I honestly doubt it. But yes, yeah, Sexton and Markman this year, I, I love them. Give them in the top 100 for sure. Sexton could maybe even go like 60 or 70, uh, and that that wouldn't be bad. Yeah, v- Vanderbilt had a ton of helium before the trade. A lot of folks thought he would get a run at the four and the five for Utah. You know, with Markman in there, Kessler, Walker, Walker Kessler, as Alex mentioned, I, I'm not as high on v- Vanderbilt. I still think he's a good late-round late, late round flyer, but he was – he, he was be a top 100 pick in a lot of best ball drafts before the trade. Um, you know, Colin Sexton, uh, meanwhile, when he was still in Cleveland before the trade was being drafted in like the 120, 130 range was just the, the forgotten man. And, and now his ADP on underdog, for instance, is already up to like 85. Uh, we're doing a, a draft together. I selected him 75. I think it was 75, 76 right in that range. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he creeps up to top 60 value within the next few weeks. Uh, I know he was a popular like fifth round, sixth round pick for me in best ball drafts last year. And I'm, I honestly think we could see 95% uh, of Mitchell's production in Utah from Colin Sexton and people who think that's insane, just go look at the third year of Colin Sexton's career and the third year of Donovan Mitchell's career. They're basically identical. You could even make the argument that three years in Don or Colin Sexton was better statistically granted. That was a, a, a good stats, bad team type scenario, but that's the scenario he's going to be in this year as well. The exact scenario, the exact scenario. All right, let's go to big move. Number two. DeJounte Murray going to the Atlanta Hawks as the Spurs plunge into their rebuild. Uh, guys, does this super duo backcourt in Atlanta, Trey Young and Murray, is this going to work fantasy-wise? Uh, I'm a little worried. Um, I think I, from what I'm seeing about DeJounte Murray's ADP, it's a little high. I think he's in the early 20s. I, w- I wouldn't do that. I think, um, man, I mean I- – Trey, I'm worried about both of them, honestly. Like, there's just, there's no way this backcourt combines for 18 assists a game. That's not a thing that happens. Murray is probably the one who takes the bigger hit. He's the guy coming in. He's the worst player. I don't like it necessarily as a as a fit because Murray's floor spacing isn't good. They play a traditional center. I think it's going to be fine in general. I think Atlanta is going to be a good team. Jonathan Murray's an excellent defender. Sneaky defensive player of the year candidate, I think. But uh, fantasy-wise, no, it worries me. I, I'd be targeting Murray like 30s or 40s, maybe. Uh, Trey Young doesn't change a lot, but honestly, I, I might drop him just a little bit. I mean, to your point about 18 assists, so each player averaged nine assists per game last year. That can't possibly continue. And it sounds like you're thinking it's really Murray whose uh, dimes are going to drop off more. You assume he holds the ball less. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I I, I do think, you know, Murray, we're probably going to be lucky if he gets seven. You know, if he's, I would be amazed if he reaches seven uh, assists per game. We haven't projected for 6.9 right now. Um, I think that 
six to seven range is realistic. I wouldn't even be surprised if it dips a little bit lower, but I also still think he's a top 40 value. I, you know, like Alex said, if he's going top 25, I'm going to pass. I'm going to pick someone else who I believe is higher upside. Uh, but for Murray to reach the the upside that he reached last season, he's not going to be able to do it playing alongside Trey Young. Uh, there's still plenty of value, still top 40 value. I picked him 35th in the draft we're current, the slow draft we're currently doing. I like him in that range. One- well, gentlemen, this also highlights uh, the full reboard, rebuild in San Diego, <laughs> San Antonio. Sorry, talk about all the fantasy gems that maybe can be uncovered with the Spurs. I mean, there's a lot there. Um, who isn't the gem in San Antonio right now? I think uh, Keldon Johnson, I'm pretty sure is going to be their number one option. Although I, he's being drafted around the same point that Devin Vassell is being drafted in fantasy right now, which I think is around that 75 range. Um, I get that because Vassell has defensive upside. He showed a little bit of playmaking. Keldon Johnson is not has not been a playmaker historically. Uh, uh, Vassell's going to hit his threes. So I kind of get where people are coming from with that. And then I like Trey Jones. I assume you can get him after pick 100 in most drafts. Um, nine cat. He's great. Cause he was in his starts. He averaged like seven assists to one and a half turnovers. Um, all those guys are good. I'm not, you know, Pirtle, I don't know how much offensive usage he's going to increase on. I think in deep leagues, there's like some sneaky McDermott stuff, but I, you know, no standard league action for McDermott necessary. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm not touching McDermott, but Vassell, Trey Jones, I, I like both of those options. You know, just to give you a, a kind of a taste of what they did last year. And uh, once Vassell was really became a permanent fixture in this in the starting lineup for the final twenty, his tw- final twenty five appearances of the season, he averaged fourteen point four points, four point three rebounds, two point seven assists, one point two steals, and two point five three pointers. Decent uh, efficiencies, 89% from the line, 40% from downtown, only 42% from the floor. Um, Likewise, Trey Jones, he had a five-game stretch near the end of the season where he started all five games, 14 points, 4.6 rebounds, 8.2 assists, 1.2 steals. I, I like both of those options a lot. They're both being drafted as top 100 players right now. I do think, you know, once you get in that 80, 90 range, Trey Jones, I like quite a bit. Um, you know, if we're going deep, Pirtle really established himself as a fantasy force last year. My concern there is I just don't think he fits into their long-term plans moving forward. Right. So I wonder if he does get traded and if Pirtle gets traded, I can't, I, I would be very surprised if it's to a team that's going to play him 30 minutes per game. Um, but he is, yeah. Utah would be the only destination where he could get 30 minutes a game. I would think, I, I think it would be tough. It would be tough. So Kelton Johnson, the main guy, what about, uh, uh, and I apologize if I have brutalized his name, uh, Jeremy Sh- Sh- Sochan, uh, any interest there for deeper leagues? He's a rookie first, uh, first round pick ninth overall for the, for the Spurs, Alex, a- any interest there? Yeah, I think it's Sohan. Sohan? Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, uh, I'm interested. I would not draft it. I don't think I don't think he's a standard league guy for me, but that's partially because like I've I have plenty of guys around that range that I just I think have 
more proven upside there. But I understand if people want to draft him there because they don't really have anyone. And you kind of assume that, you know, as much as I, you know, I mentioned McDermott, but he's obviously a trade candidate. Wouldn't surprise me if he just, if, you know, like the Celtics were like, hey, Gallinari's gone. What if we just grabbed Doug McDermott? Um, so, yeah. I mean, the thing was so on it one, 19 years old, two, really drafted for his defense, probably going to be more valuable from an NBA standard uh, than a fantasy perspective. But uh, Alex is right. Who knows what this roster will look like after the trade deadline? Yeah, my, it would be more of a late round dart in deeper formats, you know, 14 team leagues or, or leagues with deep benches. Um, it's, you know, and I'm just looking at the fact that he only has to beat out McDermott. That he had, <laughs> he has, the Spurs have as much draft capital uh, invested in Sohan than any other player on, on their roster. So, you know, they, they used a top 10 pick on him. I, I, I'm curious at least, or he could be the guy for, for best ball drafts. I'm actually likening him to, uh, from, from Wagner with the, with the magic last year, who at this point of the best ball draft season, Wagner wasn't being drafted at all, or he was the last pick of the draft. You know, he was mystery irrelevant. No one was selecting him and he ended up being one of the more valuable, uh, rookies in his, uh, fa- you know, from a fancy perspective. And, and so Han's one of those guys who I think, you know, he could be a forgotten lottery pick that actually carves out a bigger role than expected. Yeah, his his one season at Baylor. I mean, the the one point three steals, point seven blocks in twenty five minutes is obviously really nice. Two assists, so he's he's competent as a playmaker. Um, you know, he won the Big Twelve Six Man of the Year award. There's just like not. It's he hasn't proven a ton necessarily, but we all know the Spurs like to just grab the guys that they like, and they're in a position to play them. That's like Primo. Primo last year, people are like. Some people thought he was going to be like a late first or even a second round pick, and they just grabbed him. Um, you know, I'm not seeing any draft type for him, which I understand because I think he struggled in summer league. But um, yeah, Spurs are Spurs and Jazz, especially. Well, there's going to be a ton of fantasy value, sneaky value on those teams. Yes. Well, Shannon, take us to the big signing in New York. All right. Jalen Brunson signs a, a lucrative deal with the New York Knicks, making their. Uh, Big free agent splash. Yeah, he played really well when Luka was hurt in Dallas last year, especially in the playoffs versus, versus Utah. Good percentages. Uh, but he also never played alongside a power, a ball-dominating power forward like Julius Randle. Uh, you know, R.J. Barrett also is going to have his hands on the ball a ton. So how do you guys see Jalen Brunson fitting in in New York? I'll keep, I'll keep my opinion quick because Nick and I, I think, have talked about this on Brunson on like two straight podcasts. I'm, I'm higher on Brunson than Nick is, for example. I think they signed him to be their number one option. Um, whether that's a 1A and 1B with Barrett is hard to say. Some of it depends on how much Barrett improves. I don't know if Randall's there for the long haul. It's, it's a tough situation to, uh, to evaluate. But what do you think, Ken? Well, I think they specifically signed Brunson to get the ball out of Randall's hands. Uh, I'm going to steal from Alex's uh, news posting when the Knicks signed him, the player news posting on Rotowire, how fabulous Brunson's uh, per 36-minute production was in Dallas when Luka was not on the floor. So his per 36 without Luka, 22.1 points, 7.4 assists, 4.5 rebounds, and a steal a game. I'm sure that was about two plus threes made as well. So it wasn't like Luke. I think for anyone who thought, oh, well, Luke is creating a lot of shots for Brunson. That really wasn't the case. 
He's a playmaker. He can drive to the basket, which is deceptive considering he's not that tall. But uh, uh, I think, yeah, I think they got him to get the ball out of Randall's hands. They haven't had a legit point guard in New York since, what, Mark Jackson? <laughs> it seems like forever. Uh, uh, Starbury had at least one good year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but I think they're very eager to run the offense through Brunson. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, my argument instead of uh, instead of uh, claiming the Knicks have two number one options, I would argue they have zero number one options and, and, and three <laughs> yeah. three number two options on their team. Uh, I I I I think from a fantasy perspective, the biggest question mark with Brunson is 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 he going to get enough steals and threes, or one of the two at least, to be a, an elite top forty fantasy option? Um, I do think he's his ADP will rise as the draft season matures. Uh, he, he flashed plenty of potential on those games when Luca was out. Uh, so I do like him quite a bit. Uh, you know, there's really no one to challenge him for minutes uh, on that Knicks roster. So, and, and obviously they invested a ton of money in him. So, so they want to hand him as much as he can handle. Uh, so I, w- I would grab him with the top 50 pick and be confident about it. Uh, I got Brunson in the seventies in our current, I know uh, our current best ball. Uh, I, yeah, I, I think he's, he's under ranked right now, undervalued and, and a good pick, but I, I do think there's, you know, I comp it to Terry, scary Terry going from Boston to Charlotte and some of those other guards that, I, that have went from a, you know, made similar uh, usage adjustments by, by signing with new teams or being traded. He's, He's going to see a nice jump in value this year. All right, guys. Well, let's go to Minnesota, where they made they fully committed to going big as they made a trade to get Rudy Gobert, giving Utah four first-rounders, uh, Malik Beasley, Vanderbilt, some uh, a draft swap, and other players. Alex, can Carl Anthony Towns and Rudy Gobert play well together? I think they'll be fine on the court together. I think Towns prefers to be out in the perimeter anyway. Uh, he's not a great rim protector. Um, yeah, there could be some interesting high-low stuff there. I'm a little worried for fantasy uh, for Towns. I'm not worried about Gobert. I think Gobert is going to play the same role he always has because he can't. He literally cannot do another thing on the basketball court. And you trade all that capital for him, so what else is he going to do? Uh, Towns, I have some concerns this year. People seem not to be phased at all by the trade. They're still drafting him roughly in the first round. I don't know. I, he, I'm worried about his rebounds. I'm worried about his blocks. I know his threes are probably going to increase, but you have, you have someone like Gobert is such a dominant rebounder. It wouldn't surprise me if Towns drops to like 8.5 rebounds a game, um, his blocks were only at 1.1. I don't think he's getting blocks out on the perimeter, um, really. So, I mean, it's never dipped below 1.1, but you never know. And then Anthony Edwards is also on the verge of stardom. So he could be taking some usage from Towns as well. So if Towns average is like 22 and 8 with like 0.9 blocks, that wouldn't shock me. And then all of a sudden he's like, in the 30, he's like the 35th best fantasy player instead of like the 12th. That just concerns me. I'm just, I can't take him. I'm not going to take him inside the top 15 this year. If he slips outside 15, I'm interested, but I have my concerns. 
Yeah, I, I'm with you, Alex. It's you know, not only not only is he, he's going to be pulled away from the rim. So like you mentioned, rebounds, blocks, those things, are, you know, those two categories likely go down. Also, efficiency uh, that I worry about. So you're basically you're trading multiple categories, field goal percentage, blocks, rebounds, and only getting, you know, a growth area in, in three pointers. That's it. So, you know, even free throws, right? Like if he's playing on the perimeter more, he's probably going to take less free throw attempts. So it is a, it is a worry, uh, but he's such a good talent that I still think he's a top 15 pick. So yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm picking him ahead of Gobert in fantasy. Um, yeah. You know, and I like him at that turn. If, it, if you get to the turn and you can package, you know, you grab cat, and Lillard or Cat and Trey Young or whatever it may be, and you have that guard big man combo, uh, it, it's a very appealing strategy to take. But there's certainly concerns. What do you th- what do you think, Ken? Uh, no, I, I I echo what you say. I think Towns is just gonna be he's looking for an excuse to play more on the perimeter, I think, and he's gonna be softer and all those categories that Shannon mentioned are going to be a problem. You know, it might improve the T-Wolves. It doesn't improve Cat's fantasy value. Um, Alex, take us to uh, our big move number five and new personnel in Dallas. Yeah, this is a this is a big fantasy move. So we have Christian Wood heading to Dallas. I think, I think the uh, Rockets got back like the 25th pick in the draft or something like that. Um, this opens up the starting center gig for Alperin Shangoon, which is extremely exciting for everyone who's who loves Shangoon last year. Um, Shannon, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it to you for a question about Christian Christian Wood quickly. Say that five times fast. Um, I'm seeing him being drafted still around like the 50 to 60 range, which is about where he finished last year. But there's reports that he's going to be starting the season off the bench. What is your read on this? I, I mean, I, I believe those reports that he's going to start the season off the bench, but I also think he's going to play the most amount of minutes out of anyone in that front court for Dallas. You know, whether, whether it's Dorian Finney-Smith playing a small four, you know, JaVale McGee is who we have currently projected to be the starting five. I, I don't think that holds essentially. I think Wood will be will eventually be the starter, and even if he's not, he's the one who's going to be playing 32 minutes per game. Um, so, I I'm not a big fan of Wood from a fantasy perspective. But if you're in a league, and it, I did, I just selected him uh, in, in the league that we're doing. I I didn't want to, but I needed. I wanted that <laughs> forward center eligible player, and I felt like he was the best option that was on the board. Um, at that time, you know, other comparable options, you know, Kelton Johnson was forward, but no center eligibility, uh, Nurkic, Valanchunas, those guys were still available. Um, I ended up getting, uh, JV a couple rounds later. Uh, I don't know it, 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 if you're talking about like Franz Wagner or, or Christian Wood, they're going in the same range. I'm going Christian Wood all day long. So it, it's, I, w- I don't expect him to see really a nice boost in fantasy value, but I still think top 50, top 60 value is certainly attainable. I mean, what do you think about either of that? these guys, Ken? Well, Wood's known for having maturity issues. 
and I think it's purely a motivational tactic to have him come off the bench. You know, Alex, you, you mentioned the coaching staff did say they want to uh, start McGee shortly after they signed him. But McGee has no problems coming off the bench and has done so for most of the last few years in his career. So I think, yeah, I think, yeah, they might start with Wood on the bench. They want him to earn his minutes in Dallas. Uh, he's got a history of uh, lollygagging on occasion. So I think they're going to use this to to motivate him. They did just give uh, Maximilian Kleber some more money. We know they love themselves, uh, Kleber and Powell in Dallas. So uh, it may not be crazy minutes for Wood, but I do think he'll get the majority of it at the four and five uh, uh, to Shannon's points. As far as uh, Shangun goes, I'm excited. Uh, I think he's he's being drafted, I think, later than he should be right now in ADP. He's going like, oh, man, he might be going like the 80s right now, uh, which I think is is far too low. I mean, because what at it, that point. Boban and uh, Willie Cauley-Stein are going to push him for minutes. I can't see that at all. I can't even. Ca- Cauley-Stein's on a camp deal, by the way. He's not even actually. He's he's fighting for a spot. Oh, so it's going to it's gonna be like Usman Garuba is gonna, and Kenyon Martin are going to back up uh, Shangun at center. Yeah, Shangun should go should go before eighty. I think there's a I think there's an argument to take him around the fifty range because if you look at who else is going in that range, you're talking about like, well, do you want like Jakob Pertle? Do you want Clint Capella? Uh, you know, like uh, a lot of people are going to take Aiton over him, but it's like Nurkic, Valanciunas, some of those guys. I I think Shangun has a ton of upside this year. His floor, I think both his floor and his ceiling are high. I know he has foul trouble issues, but I don't think the Rockets are going to be like, well, Shangun has five fouls in the fourth. We got to wait. Right. What are they playing for? His per 36, he's looking at three stocks a game, steals and blocks. That's great. And almost a three-pointer a game as well. So he's going to get 36 minutes, you know, uh, on this terrible uh, Rockets roster, especially uh, bad uh, front court. And yeah, I, there's upside. He's only, you know, this is age 20 season. So of course he's going to improve. Loves uh, Sangoon in the late fifties. His, his current ADP on, on underdog is 69. Um, and that's, that's improved. It's increased recently in the last couple of weeks. Uh, absolutely love him in that 60, 70 yeah. range. He went 53 in, in our draft. And, and that was, I mean, to be frank, that's, when I picked Christian Wood, that was the area I wanted to get some guy like Shangun there. Um, I, you know, it was that 65 range, and, and you know, uh, we're too sharp. You know, Nick Nick <laughs> Nick Whalen's too sharp. He he grabbed Shangun in, in at 53. I would, I'm totally fine grabbing him there. I think if you look at the other centers who went above him, <clears throat> uh, Robert Williams, Miles Turner, Vucevic, Jared Allen. And Aiton went back-to-back picks, Shangun and Aiton. I I would pick all of those guys except for maybe Turner. Turner and Shangun, I think, are very comparable values. I, I might prefer Shangun, uh, but Aiton, Jared Allen, I pro- I'm probably going to go with uh, either of those two guys over Shangun if I'm drafting today. You know that could change once we see things in the preseason. I am very high in Shangun, but it's hard for me to elevate him. In the top 50, I do think it's 60, 65 range is probably about right. Turner, Turner's really hard to evaluate. I think he might be going underdrafted right now, but it's who is he even going to be on the Pacers? 
if yeah. he is on the Pacers, there's a lot of opportunity for him because he'll probably shoot more than ever. He won't be. He won't have Demonis Sabonis next to him in the front court to steal rebounds. Um, I like him a lot, but or is I he just know, trade bait? I mean, do they you know they give him major minutes early and but he's on you know as a backup the second half of the season. Yeah, you, you're you're drafting Turner for his blocks. You know, there's there's no way around it. I know everyone everyone wants to, yeah, hold out hope for the day when he can record double digit rebounds per game, uh, but. You know, I'm still waiting for him, for him to top that 7.3 we saw in his sophomore season. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think the rebounds are ever coming. Well, Shannon, take us to big move number six, and uh, the new move is by the Boston Celtics. Yeah, Celtics add Mal- Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah, table set for Tyrese Halliburton, my boy, in Indy to totally take over. Yeah, you know, I, I, Halliburton's pretty much locked into a top 20 in anyone's rankings. I, I would argue he's top 15. And if you get crazy, you could draft him at the end of the first round. But what about Brogdon, Ken? What's his role going to be like in Boston? Well, first, I agree with you. I think Halliburton is the headline on this move because Brogdon's going to be in the running for sixth man of the year. This is uh, the Boston Celtics starting five for the second half of last season was the most productive uh, unit in basketball. And they're not going to disrupt that. Brogdon uh, is going to be a great both point guard and shooting guard off the bench. And frankly, this Celtics team is very thin in the front court. I think we're going to see a lot of small ball with Brogdon and Derek White getting major minutes, both playing some three. You're going to see some uh, Tatum, and uh, small ball lineups. We don't know if Robert Williams can stay healthy all season. He, he traditionally does not. So I do think Brogdon's going to get a ton of minutes. I think Derek White's going to get a ton of minutes, but it's, it's going to be off the bench. And, you know, we, we don't know if Brogdon can stay healthy either. Uh, we'll see if he gets a few rests on back-to-backs. This is a Celtic team that's not going to worry about the regular season that much. They're focused on how well they do in the playoffs. So uh, if you're looking... And all those wonderful per-game minutes from Brogdon in the past, I don't think that happens in Boston. This is a much deeper roster than his Pacer days. But look to Halliburton in Indiana. Yeah, Brogdon uh, – I don't even know. Did you even mention Brogdon's health issues? I uh, know. Go into him. Uh, please list them all. You're, you're, you're our, the official NBA injury reporter for uh, uh, Rotowire in addition to other roles. Lay him out. Brogdon, Brogdon played 75 games as a rookie in Milwaukee. Ranked 110th, by the way, in uh, 26 minutes. So if you want if you want a little bit of a floor for Brogdon, 110 in 26 minutes as a rookie is not is not bad. But after he played 75 games as a rookie, has not played more than 64 games since. Um, has played less than 57 games in four of those five years. So 30, only 36 games last year. Some of that with the Pacers tanking, but still yeah. you wouldn't have reached not healthy. And it's why Boston kind of got him on the cheap, frankly, Boston Unless, got him you know, for free. <laughs> well, whoa, Daniel Tice was in that package, baby. Let's not <sighs> Daniel Tice, Aaron Neesmith and a first. That's not anything. <laughs> it's going to be like the 28th pick in the draft. They just got him for free. They gave up almost none of their playoff rotation. Please pay this Malcolm man Brogdon. instead of us paying this man, Boston. Yeah. I right. Listen, I understand that's what the market was, but they, they stole him. Um, yeah, so if you're drafting Brogdon uh, in a standard league, I, it should probably be with your last pick. 
and he's better for like best ball or deeper league or something just because of the injury issues. And they might rest him on back-to-backs or something anyway. Who knows? Yeah, um, yeah his game I, count will drive you crazy probably. The <laughs> the the bigger news like Shannon was alluding to is Halliburton. And I think Shannon did a, a relative uh, – he did a good job like setting that up. It's just Halliburton was basically a 20-10 and 10 guy with two steals after he got to Indy on efficient shooting. So – that's a that's someone who could be a first round pick, and you're assuming improvement as well. So uh, he's ju- he's just a guy who his fantasy numbers or his numbers translate extremely well to fantasy. There are some guys who do, some guys who don't. Halliburton's one of those guys. He's in the huge role. Could be an all star this year. Um, this yeah. is like when they try, you know, when they took Victor Oladipo, and he had that stud year for the Pacers for a year and a half before all his knee issues. Though Halliburton, frankly, has a much higher ceiling. But the Pacers know, like, we want to get some rising stars. We're going to build the team around them. They're building that team around Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton has, like, he has legit top five upside this season from a fancy value standpoint. Like, it, it's it's insane. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and average 25, 26 points per game. But because of the steals, because of three-pointers, because of the efficiency – the assist numbers are going to be ridiculous. <clears throat> He's a good one. If you're looking for, for a prop at an assist leader, uh, I bet mm-hmm. you the odds are fairly good for that. Uh, I, I think he's a good bet there. Uh, I just I love Halliburton. I think he's going to be fantastic this year. All right. Well, Shannon, as our reigning Detroit Pistons expert, talk about big move number seven. All right. So Jeremy Grant moving on from the Pistons to Portland. Traded for a protected 2025 first round pick. Yeah, what do I expect from Jeremy Grant? I, I I expect Jeremy Grant to not have as big of a role in Portland, obviously, as he did in Detroit. Yeah, especially uh, you know, before Cade Cunningham arrived in town, Jeremy Grant got that little taste of being the go-to scorer, which is a role he should not be in. Um <laughs> But but now he he's fitting a, a better role, a role that's better suited for his talents in Portland. He'll he'll be the starting power forward. You know, you're probably gonna you have Nurkic starting at the five, Simons and Lillard at the guards. You know, small forwards kind of to be determined. I think Josh Hart might get the first look, but but we currently have uh, Nas Little uh, as the projected or listed atop the depth chart. Um, Gary Payton, Win- Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson. There are some other guys who could factor in the mix, not to mention Shaden Sharp, the rookie. Uh, what number what was he? Se- seventh or eighth overall pick? I forget what, what number it was, but he was a top 10 pick for, for Portland. So Grant Grant's locked in at the four. Now, anyone drafting Grant, he's still he's a top 100 pick. I, I think he's going in the you know, 70, 80 range in a lot of drafts I've seen. I think you're you're okay to draft him there, but don't draft him expecting uh, the 19 and four that he averaged last year. I he he could very easily be option number four on yes. offense of these Trailblazers. Yes. They just gave a lot of money to Anthony Simons after he lit it up with with Dame Lillard out, and he's going to be behind Nurkic, so he's their fourth option on offense. Yeah, I think that the 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 lower usage will certainly help. Grant's efficiency. He's been a 42 and a half percent shooter uh, the past two years in Detroit. Uh, further proof that he never should have been put in that go-to scoring role. Uh, a power forward who, who shoots 42% from the floor. No, thank you. Not a lot uh, of power there. No, 
no. So <laughs> I, I do. I do. I think he's going to fit. You know, he'll be more productive than he was with Philly or OKC earlier in his career when he was just more of a hustle guy. I think the, that final season with OKC when he averaged 13 and a half, five rebounds, got a, a 1.3 blocks. I expect that with maybe a little bit more offense, you know, 40, 50, I'll put him at like 15 and five is what I expect him to average this year with decent defensive stats and hopefully a, a three pointer or so a game. I, I agree. I think, I think Grant's a top 100 guy. That's just like you, that season with OKC, he was the hundredth ranked player per game. Yeah. And there's, there's reason for him to believe for you to believe he could play a little bit better than that. So he's, you know. someone's going to take him early based on name value. He'll go, Higher than he should, I think, in most most drafts this offseason. Higher than he should, but I don't I think he has a really high floor. Like I don't think he's a bust guy. Like I think if you take him 75, you're really I don't think you're gonna get burned. You know? Sure. No, but sure. that's an upside pick, ideally. And I, I just think his upside is capped. It's just all right. It is. How about how about this option? Ananobi or Grant? Which one are you picking? Ananobi. Same. All right. Uh, yeah. They're similar, similar uh, draft value today. Uh, I don't think that'll be the case once we get closer to tip off. Right. Um, Shannon, do you have any insight on this? Uh, these like veteran, no, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks, or, or give me your thoughts on Sadiq Bay because I'm pretty high on Sadiq Bay this year. Yeah, I, I think I'm high on Sadiq Bay as well. Uh, you know, I do think there's some worry that his usage or, or the volume of looks that he's going to get will go down some. You've got Jaden Ivey you know, joining the team. Uh, Bagley's going to be there for the full year. and Burks is going to shoot. Yep, Burks is going to shoot. Um, I, I will say Sadiq Bay, yeah, he is locked into the starting lineup. He's going to be their starting three. He's going to take and make a ton of three-pointers. I, I really there, – there's some ridiculous three-point staff for Bay. Like, he, he has the most made three-pointers in the history of the NBA, you know, in his first two seasons. It, it's like it's, – it's, it's an absurd number. Um, but he, he will do that. I think the question mark's the same exact question mark we had last year, which is how – can he be efficient enough to not – totally right. does he crawl over out. 41 42 percent right. he's right. not there yet in field goal percentage yeah so 39.6 percent last year you know he's good from the line 83 percent uh you know i think we're still gonna see even with cade cade's gonna grow his stats you know cade's a legit top 30 pick this year and i think he's gonna easily as long as he's healthy reach that value so with with bay it's just you know I don't think we're going to see a huge jump where he's not. I don't think he's like a Jalen Brown to, to Jason Tatum, right? I don't think he's necessarily a Robin, uh, necessarily a, a number two option. I think he's more of a number three option. So I don't expect to see him jump from 16 points per game to well, there's no minutes left. I mean, he was getting 33 minutes a game last mm-hmm. year. So there's no yeah. minutes left for Bay. It's got to be through efficiency. Yep. Yep. So, you know, maybe, maybe he hits 18, 19 points per game. Uh, still has solid rebounding numbers for for a guard. Increases, you know, improves his his defensive numbers and his efficiency. That's really what he has to do. And year three, age twenty three season, that's the time where it's going to happen too. So I do like him. I, I think he's you know the range he's going. He's he's definitely worth a pick and has more upside than a guy like Jeremy Grant. We're driven by the search for better. 
But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, I um, I think he. Some of it's going to depend on how good Jagan Ivy is and how good Marvin Bagley is. And I don't have a ton of faith in Marvin Bagley, but it, I, I don't know. And Jagan Ivy is is a little bit of a question mark. I like him a lot, but who were the Pistons competing against when they re-signed Bagley? Uh, how many teams are in the league? Thirty-two. <laughs> Well, you're including Sacramento? Yeah, of course. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, with that, let's transition to our Pacific Division Fantasy Preview. For all of these preseason Friday pods, we're going to take one division and discuss changes and uh, maybe some hidden gems. And I decided we'll start out west. It always goes east to west. Let's go west to east. And, guys, let's start first with the Warriors. Are we getting anything from the youngsters? Kaminga, Wiseman, Moody. Uh, what's your take on the youngsters in Golden State? Kaminga's interesting to me. Uh, well, Kaminga and Wiseman. I mean, I'm a Wiseman guy. I feel like I'm the last living Wiseman guy. I'm with, I'm with you, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no reason he should not be better than Kavon Looney. I don't think you draft him in standard leagues, but keep an eye on it. Um, Kaminga, yeah, it's – I mean – Kaminga, in theory, should be the, like, number two, like... He starts on 20 teams in the NBA. He starts. Yeah, he's kind of like the forward version of Jorgen Poole on this team. Like, he can just play six minutes, like, 26 minutes a game. Um, You know, it's not like he was great in fantasy last year, but the 51% field goal was encouraging. Insane athlete. Um, Moody, I don't know. They signed DiVincenzo. They have Poole as the backup shooting guard. I'm not really expecting anything out of him. Um... Yeah, what do you what do you think, Ken? Well, you you mentioned it. Jordan Poole also has taken a ton of shots on the bench unit. So 
I just how many shots are available after Curry, Thompson, and Poole? That's the dilemma. I'd love to see Kaminga traded. <laughs> you know, I think you know, get him on any half the other rosters on the NBA, and he's going to be this huge rising star. But I just don't know how many shots are available for him in Golden State. Yeah, no, that's underst- I, I, that's certainly the question, right? You know, with, with any of these three guys, I, I think Moody is pretty firmly buried on the bench because, like Alex mentioned, Pool, you know, got got your boy Dante there. I expect both of them, you know, Dante to even to be ahead of, of Moody in the rotation. Oh man, Kaminga, I love his talent. I do think he's going to carve out a much more regular role than he had last year. Um, how much fantasy value can he have playing 20, you know, 23 to 25 minutes per game enough for deeper formats, but 10 and 12 team standard leagues. I do believe it's going to be tough for him to carve out much, uh, you know, much and Jordan pool is not looking to pass. He's not no, setting up. No, 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 no. <laughs> He's setting up Jordan pool. That is it. Uh, well, guys, how about 32 year old clay Thompson? Can he return to top 50 status? I like Clay this year. I mean, I'm, I'm a little worried about like the occasional rest day, back to back thing. But um, I mean, Clay is someone who, for a number of years, ranked. I mean, he ranked 12th one year. He's ranked 25th. Most of his career is inside the top 60. Um, I, I like him this year. I drafted him in our league that we're doing that Shannon's alluded to. I think I got him in the 60s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I, I I don't see why a bounce back isn't possible. Um, you know, his shooting percentages were a little messed up last year. For Clay, messed up is 39% from three, by the way. Um, but uh, 90% from the free throw line still. So I like him. You know, I don't think you have to draft. I don't think you have to draft him inside the top 50. You know, people aren't drafting him there. But if, if he's available at 70, I'm pulling the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's fine to draft there. My, my one concern with. Yeah, I, I just don't. We're, I don't think we're going to see the Clay Thompson, who was like a top 30 fancy value ever again. And it's got nothing to do with him and how he performs. It has to do with how the game has changed. You know, in 2014, 2015, when he's hit knocking down three three pointers per game, there were very few NBA players who were close to that or even, you know, averaging two and a half three pointers, three pointers made per game. Nowadays, there's a lot more. And that really, that, that really, you know, rocketed Clay Thompson up the fancy value charts and, and solidified his place there. Those, that category is just less impactful for him now than it was then. Um, but still top 70, top 80 value. And, and I don't think there's a ton of risk there. I just wish, I wish he gave you more than, than the scoring and, and the three pointers made. Well, for instance, he used to be good for steal a game last season, half a steal. Some of that's age and some of that's recovering from knee issues, you know? Yeah. So uh, I, I love your market analysis. You can get threes elsewhere. So it's just not as valuable. It's just not as valuable. All right, gentlemen, let's move on to the Los Angeles Clippers. We're starting with the Clippers, not the other team in L.A. who gets way too much attention. Is there anyone worth targeting in standard leagues besides PG and Kawhi? Yes. On this Clipper squad. Absolutely. John Wall is going to be a fantasy stud this year. Fantasy stud. Fantasy stud. You know, by Ooh, stud, even the podcast, he'll be a top 100 value. I, I really, I do. I do <laughs> that's what I mean by fantasy 99. Stud, top 99. 100. <laughs> no. 
you know, it's not even a given. I don't think it's a given that he necessarily is going to start. You know, Reggie Jackson could get that look, but I think the team might be better off. You know, Reggie Jackson's role within that that team, uh, yeah, is pretty well established. Well, Batum's it, 140 years old too. Like, I they, they could play Jackson and Wall go a little smaller. I don't expect Batum to see anywhere near the amount of run he saw last season. You know, he played 25 minutes per game. Um, I actually think I, I would be surprised if he managed to, manages to stick in the starting lineup. I think they're going to go maybe go with Covington or, or go extremely small, go smaller and have Kawhi and Paul George be the three and the four and start right. Powell or Amir Coffey or whoever, Terrence Mann, yeah. someone, someone else there. But, but Zubach, Zubach, He's going to have plenty of, he's going to have decent value for most standard 12 team leagues. Uh, you know, I, your boy, uh, Isaiah, uh, Harkenstein, I, I, I'm, I'm for spacing on his name. He's off, he's off in New York. He's Hartenstein. in New York. Yeah. yeah. He Hartenstein. He's in New York now. Uh, I think your boy Zubach's going to get tons of run and, and hold 12 team standard league value. They, and, they have no other center on this no, roster. No, not at Zubach all. Zubach is going to get huge minutes. And then, and then Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, actually pretty good values uh, for drafts right now. Um, I think I prefer Paul George just because I think he's a safer sure. bet to play 70 games. Uh, but they're both decent values, especially when you look at their, their per-game production. Can you right, draft you know John Wall if he's available at 125? Yes. Can You like him? Or would you rather take Zubots? I would rather take Covington. Sure, I would rather have Zubac. Uh, yeah, I'd probably rather have Powell uh, <laughs> than Wall, to be honest. Because how many games is Wall going to play? What, suddenly, he's a seventy-five games a, a day guy after he he, he has never nineteen eighty-four. He has he hasn't been this healthy in years. <laughs> <laughs> right, meaning he he can walk. <laughs> his his best ball ADP is ninety-two. So, uh, which I immediately, I have not landed yet. That is name value. Remember also, a lot of gaudy stats from all of that terrible, on some terrible Washington rosters. That's not the case with the Clippers. But let's reluctantly move on to the other team in Los Angeles, the Lakers, who don't deserve all the attention they're getting, as usual. Russell Westbrook, still there. Do these supporting cast changes mean anything in L.A.? I love Thomas Bryant. I'm a big Thomas Bryant you've always, guy. You always love Thomas Bryant. No, I don't I don't think uh, – I'm not, not going to exactly be targeting Thomas Bryant in fantasy this year. Um, but when AD no, inevitably I, crumples, Bryant's going to get a lot of minutes. Listen, I – okay, I think Austin Reeves is like a legitimate NBA player, as is Patrick Beverly, obviously, but Lonnie Walker isn't good. Juan Toscano Anderson, the Warriors were like, leave. Okay. Um, and, you know, I just, who else is on this The only thing you team? can say Nobody. about this Kendrick new supporting Nunn. cast is at least they're younger than the last supporting cast. They are, they they're, are they're just not very good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm i not targeting any of these guys in fantasy. I mean, Westbrook, if you can get them outside the top 100, do it, I guess. Patrick Beverly, same situation. Like 125, I'm okay with Beverly, whatever. But rest of the guys, I don't know, man. How many games in does it take for Beverly to get in a fight on that Laker bench? For 20, 25? Preseason? Is preseason game zero? Game minus two? 
Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I like the Beverly. And you know what? I'm on Beverly's side. side. I don't even know who he's fighting on the Lakers. Yeah. Um, I took, uh, I took both LeBron and Anthony Davis in our draft that we, that we are currently in. Um, I was, I took them back to back, although (laughs) this is a five team league. Well, we have to, we have to clarify, but I took them back to back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm cool with targeting those guys in fantasy if you can get them outside the first round. Um, especially since if one of them gets hurt, the other one's going to just see more minutes. So if you can hand no, if them, one of I them gets hurt, the go. other one's going to get hurt because once yeah, they, their minutes go up, you know, and then it's Westbrook <laughs> season or uh, <laughs> Patrick Beverly's going to run the offense once Westbrook <laughs> gets traded. I don't know, man. I love, I'm going to love the drama. I'm going to, I love that. I'm going to love that uh, dumpster fire. It's going to be great. All right. Well, look, uh, Thomas Bryant. I mean, honestly, what's the big learning here? Thomas Bryant's the uh, the big gem for the Lakers. Uh, I I don't know, man. I mean, <laughs> upside it upside is him playing what like twenty six minutes. Yeah, I don't know. get him I, in the pick one forty five. You're happy if you're if you're desperate for a big man late in your draft, late round flyer, and Bryant's there, then sure, like like you know, yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of Lakers fans who are excited after. Uh, giving him away to, to Washington, you know, that, that Thomas Frank is to return to his original team, <laughs> make a triumphant return to, right. to the Lakers after, you know, his 15 games as a 20 year old. Uh, but it, it, my takeaway for the Lakers from a fantasy perspective is just, I I'm not drafting any of them. I, I don't, I don't see myself drafting any of them. LeBron James, the last two seasons has played 45 games and 56 games. I am not picking him with a top 30 pick this year. He has to drop significantly for me to pick him. On a per game level, he's going to be fantastic. But right. I, I just per can't. Per game, I, wonderful. But age 37 season. And there's a lot of miles yeah. of those, uh, all those prior seasons. They all had playoff runs. They all, oh, eesh. All right, guys. Let's move on to the Suns. The future's so bright, you have to wear shades. I am happy they're bringing back the Charles Barkley uniforms this year. Yeah. Those are awesome. Uh, I also want to point out, uh, Mikhail Bridges hasn't missed a basketball game since high school. I'm not even sure he, he missed a game in high school. I just didn't know how to look it up. He played every game at Villanova. He's played every game in his four seasons with Phoenix. Mr. Reliable, he's the Cal Ripken of the NBA. But gentlemen... Who uh, who do you think are the gems on this Suns roster? Well, you jinxed him. Uh, I bet he's going <laughs> to play like 40 games this year. Uh, he just slipped in the kitchen. <laughs> gems? I, I don't know. I, I don't undervalued. Know Who's Is there anyone undervalued on what is a pretty big name starting five for the Suns? I, I, I don't. I actually no. don't think so. I, no. the, I think they're really boring. Like yeah. the Bucks. They haven't changed much. Yeah, like the Bucks. I, they, I, are they are. I will say from a fantasy perspective, I Aiton might be undervalued just because I still believe there is more upside that he can tap into. So he hasn't reached it yet. I, I, I mean, he he had his sophomore season 18 and 11 and a half, uh, one and a half blocks. Last year, his blocks really dipped off. Um, you know, he's he doesn't have the contract. He doesn't have the contract distraction anymore. He's signed, seems That's happy. That's true. That's true. 
you know, I, 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 I still like him overall as a player. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective, like he needs to block more shots. He really needs does. to, you know, hit three pointers. He needs to do something else to provide more value. Um, walking double, double. I still think there's upside though, where he could top 20 points per game. You know, it'd be like a 20 and 11 guy, but doesn't, so doesn't, no, sorry. Go ahead. No. Yeah. He's the one, he's the one that I think has the upside. Even, even bridges. Like I love bridges as a talent. He's obviously great. You know, good, good two-way player, but yeah, he is what he is too. He is. Can, what he is yeah. Too. Can yeah. he do more than he did last year? Maybe, maybe if his three point shots a little bit, a little bit smoother, he was only 37% last year after 42 the year before, yeah. but, but even then, you know, what what bridges goes from 14 and four to 16 and five well he's a know your format guy right if you're in a rotisserie league where you need all 82 games but best ball eh, right you know he's gonna put on some on par numbers um doesn't cameron johnson have to take over for jay jay crowder at some point or another yeah i think he'll come off the bench still just because i think he it makes more sense for him as like a more of an offensive player to handle the ball a little bit with the second unit. But I have heard, I mean, Crowder hasn't, he's been weird this off season. It sounds like he doesn't really want to be there anymore. I uh, was making some bizarre Instagram or Instagram and Twitter posts and whatever of like liking photoshops that people have done of him in like Mavericks uniforms. Uh, so I guess if he gets traded, Cam Johnson moves up. So I think, I mean, if there is a, like a hidden gem, maybe it is Cam Johnson. If you can get him again, I mean, we're talking about like last pick in a standard yeah. league. You know what? It's a dull team. They haven't made many changes. Let's move on. Let's go to a team that has made some changes. The Sacramento Kings, gentlemen. There's a full season of Savonis, uh, Sabonis, and Red Velvet from the Hawks. Does that get them into the playoffs? Well, I want Ken. I want your opinion on Savonis because you you drafted him in our league. I know. Well, I, you know, they love him. And when he gets fed, like in Indiana, he's awesome. You know, he you know he, he had some injury issues last season, unfortunately, but his per games were fabulous. They know they can't have Darren Fox be the point leader on that squad and win. Um, we'll see what Keegan Murray adds, though. Does Murray detract from Sabonis's opportunities? How many minutes does uh, Holmes get? I mean, I didn't go too high on Sabonis, but uh, uh, maybe I'm still. You know, I, I guess the question is. We saw peak Sabonis in Indiana. Can he do that in Sacramento? I think so. Uh, I, I have no issues with with targeting Sabonis. If you were, if you did not pick him there, Ken, next time I had a pick, I, I was selecting him. He was at the top of my queue. Age twenty six uh, season. He seems older, but he's not. Right. Right. No. He's. I, I still think we know what he can do. You know, he's going to have that all around great production. You know, good assist numbers. Um, just lacking in blocks and three pointers, but overall very solid fantasy option. Um, I'm totally comfortable drafting him. I, I do think the Kings are the, from a fantasy perspective perspective in, in the Pacific, they, they might be the most interesting team to talk about uh, because there are about seven guys uh, that, that I would argue could have fa- fantasy value in, in 12 team leagues, you know, Sabonis, Murray, Harrison Barnes, you know, Red Velvet, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk, backup shooting guard, De- uh, De'Aaron Fox, of course, Davion Mitchell. Uh, I like all seven of those players. And, and 
you know, Davion Mitchell and Malik Monk in, in expected to be reserve roles. You know, they have they have a, a more of an uphill battle uh, to carve out fancy value, but I, I think they have the talent for it and will have decent roles off the bench. Uh, any of them, I, I like targeting. Murray's very interesting. I, I I think Murray's more along the lines of he could put together a Franz Franz Wagner uh, Wagner uh season rookie season this year some people might be expecting more because of where he was drafted uh but i think it's gonna be hard for him to go out and average like 17 or 18 points given there aren't enough shots available no exactly exactly i just if if he didn't maybe if this team didn't have sabonis or didn't have De'Aaron fox then that would happen but they you know he's going to be at best the number three option probably the four fourth or fifth option on this team yeah i think uh if you're in a if you're in a dynasty league, target Murray because I, I, yeah. I think um you know I think Barnes might be out the door sooner than later, and then they just they give all those touches to Murray and it's 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 relatively seamless. But I, I agree with pretty much everything you guys said. I mean, this is a really interesting team for fantasy. Fox and Sabonis, both really intriguing. Um yeah. I think Herder's in a better spot too. Yeah. Um Fox doesn't hoist it as much as Trey Young. That's, that's true, Fox, actually. Fox needs a catch-and-shoot alternative for some of his wacky drives. He needs a bailout uh, true shooting guard. Yeah, let's... Uh, Ken, it's time for your first old man rant of the 2022-2023 <laughs> season. Arg Eurobasket 2022! I hate it! Why? Because the Celtics just lost... Danilo Gallinari for the season due to a knee injury suffered during Eurobasket. So he'll get paid $6.5 million to rehab at the Boston facilities. Great. Sure, sure. Maybe Luka Doncic finally shows up in shape this season because he's been dominating Eurobasket. But I'm a C's fan, so I don't care. Danilo should have been lying in a hammock on an Italian beach, sucking on lung darts, vino, and those little cannolis. I want my rooster back. Ah! That's tough, Ken. That's uh, a it's a tough blow. Uh, he was going to give you he was going to give you a really nice forty two games in the regular season before he became unplayable due to his bad defense in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> it's really uh, when you sign Carmelo, uh, maybe you'll feel differently. <laughs> it's a thin it's a thin front court for Boston. That's the word. The big. I was excited about seeing less Grant Williams, but no, it's <laughs> more Grant Williams now. Yes, more. Looks like Grant I can do Williams. the locker room. Oh man. <laughs> okay, uh, mispronounced names. Uh, Sohan makes the list. Yeah. Um, I have no confidence in saying Dejounte. I have a mental issue with that for some reason. That's okay. Neither does Bobby Marks, and he works for ESPN and was the general manager. <laughs> Uh, so you you are far from the last person who struggles with DeJounte. Uh, okay. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is presented by WinBet. Ken, nope. not it's not this presented year. by WinBet. Not <laughs> no. this year. It's presented by, oh, it's presented it by Rotowire, where you should go to rotowire.com slash try for a free trial of Rotowire. Join us, please, at rotowire.com slash try. And let's go to Los Angeles for our outquote, shall we? Where Patrick Beverly was asked about playing with LeBron and AD. 
He said, they're going to be playing with me. I made the playoffs last year. They didn't. It's a difference. Ooh. Attention passengers. This three-car fantasy track train wreck has hit the end of the line. <laughs> How many people make it to the end of this pod? Twelve? <laughs> <laughs> make sure to hit on record, Ken. Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go. All right, I got to go. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.